Hey, Alex Terry here. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. We are here to discuss all about leadership, thinking and behaviors. We are here to talk about how to transit from control command leadership to more inspiring leadership with high influence and trust. We are going to deep dive into three components of leadership and performance, cognitive, emotional and behavioral. And talk about how mastering our mind and thinking will actually change our action and results. Our thoughts are powerful, trust me. They determine how you feel, your decisions and actions. Your thoughts are one of the most powerful tools you will ever have in changing your life and career. By mastering your thinking, emotions and behaviors, you will create greater results for yourself, for your family, friends or your team. Focusing on thinking, feeling and acting will improve your confidence, of course reduce stress and empower you and others around you, inspire and improve engagement in your team or collaboration and of course create high performance. I hope you will enjoy our episodes And please don't forget to comment or contact us. Please ask questions. Please send us ideas of what topics you are interested in and we will discuss anything you need. Have a beautiful day. Hello, everyone. And thank you very much for being here again with us and tuning into my podcast. Daniello is someone that I work with and someone that I get inspired by and someone that is really adding so much value to other leaders. And, and I can't wait to talk about a few different things today. It will be all about awareness, bringing awareness where we are at because we have end of the year. And as you know, we talk a lot about goal setting, but what about evaluation and understanding where we are at? And we will try to talk about that, what can be the next, how we can plan for the next step and how we can actually achieve that through different mindset or through different thinking and awareness about what our, our goals are. And look, let's see where we go. Let's just open up the conversation and welcome to my podcast, Daniela. Hi, thank you, Alex. I really appreciate you having me here. It's uh, such a pleasure. We've been working with each other for several months now and Likewise, I'm just as inspired by and learning a lot so much from working with someone like yourself. I think that we do gel in so many different areas, but obviously have our unique sides and styles as well, which uh, offers, um, you know, a wonderful spectrum of, dare I say, wisdom to to the clients that we work with. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start. When you think about um, evaluation or when we think about you know, our amazing 2023, or, you know, if somebody's listening in 2024, if you are really thinking about creating the best year, where we should start? Well, I think the best place to start is right where we are here and just taking some time. Yeah, yeah. let's take some time. So if you're actually listening to this and not if you're driving, by the way, but if you are listening to this, maybe on the train at work, uh, you're sitting down, just close your eyes and just reflect for a few minutes or moments, just about the last 12 months. And let's be really honest. Did you achieve everything that you had hoped you had achieved? Now, maybe if you'd set your goals 
to an inspirational level, you know, uh, maybe maybe you achieved some of them, maybe you didn't achieve all of them. And I think it's really important to actually maybe reflect and maybe what some of those causes might be. Now, sure enough, we, you know, people get sick and we have accidents or things go sideways and we have to change, but just start to see where can you spotlight any awareness uh, in your own sense of being as a leader that maybe you could have dialed in a little bit deeper towards accomplishing those goals in the last 12 months. So stopping and really just sort of recollecting and bringing awareness that, and it's not just negative, Let's also look at the things was, that we did that were actually really powerful that moved the needle in the direction that actually got us the results that became very, very important in the last 12 months. I think that's the best place to start. Yeah. I I love actually evaluation that I, I do. Actually, something that I or I, I used to do and I do is still now because it really, really helped me to change the thinking about the goals and achievements. Because what we naturally do we see the negative things easily. We notice negative things. We, we notice what we didn't do. We notice what we are missing easily. But what we are not doing usually is really acknowledge ourselves for what we achieve or how we move forward. Because sometimes small things, small steps in our career or in business, you know, or in our personal growth, small steps really, really can change that massive results after 12 months. Maybe we change the routine. Maybe we change the way how we wake up, what we do in the morning. You know, maybe we do something more for ourselves. Don't forget that those small things, even doing something for yourself, are already helping you to achieve even more. Because you know, sometimes we are in the doing, doing spiral, and we're just doing, 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 and we don't pause and check what actually I achieved. You know, last month, what did I do well? And yeah. I do the exercise of uh, like every month, I, I just, you know, get back to my month and looking at what are the th those 10 things or small steps that I can acknowledge myself for or I'm proud of. And this is not only about me, but it's also about business and how we move forward. There are small things like, you know, uh, meet someone, partnering with someone, uh, starting to talk about the idea that can happen next year. Or even call someone or having, you know, great transformation with client, anything, anything that happens during that year or month, I really try to write down because I usually forget about those things. I don't know how about you, but I really forget what I achieved. And sometimes I put myself in a, in a, at the beginning of the month, I have three goals. End of the month, I'm starting my evaluation with the thought, I don't think I achieve anything this month ah, I need to go back to my monthly goal. And I, I go back to my monthly goal and I realize that all three goals I achieved, I, I finished, I actually, I hit the goals. I didn't even see that. It's so amazing how, we, how our thinking works. I think having that reflection and creating that acknowledgement uh, for what you have achieved, and it's not all about achievement. I, I know that you share this same sentiment with me, Alex, but like, I totally believe this, and all doing comes from a state of being. Yes. Okay, yeah. so if that's the first time, if you're listening to this, and this is the first time you've heard that, I'll say it again and just see if you can remember it. All doing comes from a state of being. And so it's not about what I achieved, it's who did I become? How was I in my state yeah. every day? And and this is something, so conversely to you, I don't necessarily look back at my goals that I achieved. I I have a different strategy. I write down six things every day in my in my list and I accomplish them and they go on the next day's list until they're done. 
And so that's my filter. I make sure that I get everything that I intend to do to get done. But I make sure I do spend a lot of time reflecting on what my state of being was while I was doing things. Yeah. Because I want to have fun while I'm doing things. I want to be a leader that actually shares my highest qualities. I don't want to be a command and controller. I want to be a trust and inspirer. I want to be a conscious leader, you know? And so that's part of my own personal development because I want to grow my team, but I can't grow my team unless I grow myself. So, you know, it's really bringing it back to that 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 place of being. Yeah, I love what you share because it's actually going well with the, with the framework that we work a lot and it's be, do, have, because a lot of people are doing, it's opposite have do be that means they think they need to own and and have something first and therefore they will be happy oh yeah yeah and it's actually other way around be who you want to be first be the person that have already what you want because if you are not if you want to be great leader and you're waiting for the position to take you there then you're not going to be a great, great leader ever. If you want to be a great leader, start today and be a great leader today, even though you don't have position. Oh, yeah. It absolutely. doesn't matter. It, it's be the person, be what you want to have because it's so easy to start chasing something in your life, you know, and have car, have the vacation, have position, have this great team. And we're still waiting for something. And, and you know, after that, when I will have it, I will become this. Yeah. I will become happy. I will become fulfilled. I will I will be able to do something. No, you already have all what you need for being that person. And I think that it's just such a great frame be do have because first be that person, do the work, do the steps. And, and after that, you will have what you what you want. Yeah, well, I think it really works out. And and the way uh, that we coach actually, Alex, and um, you know, we work very much with say, you know, it all starts in the mind. Yeah. You know, and then it moves into the emotion. That's energy in motion. That's the doing. That's energy moving. And then the having, it's, it's the results. It's like whether that comes through the behavior and it turns into whether it's achieving goals, you know, higher performance, better relations in the, uh, the team, whatever that is. Yeah. But that's the tangible side of it. That's the having. But the state of being is at least being calm yeah. and quiet in yourself, consciously choosing what it is that you want or how you are going to behave and act having that emotional response, which moves you yeah. through time and space. So you can sort of see how these things all work together. But I think one thing that I want to touch on, which I want to debunk, and I know a lot of people, potentially a lot of the listeners may already know this, but I think it bears repeating. And that is, you do not need permission to be a leader. Being a leader is a state of being, okay? It's a choice that you make. And when we make a choice, when we make a conscious choice about something, it's almost as if the power within that thought becomes so precise and direct and sharp that it has almost like a conscious command to it. And so don't wait till you have the position. Don't wait till you have a team. Don't wait until you, you, know, you get to a certain point before you consider yourself a leader. Make a conscious choice that you're going to be a leader, even if it's just of this, even if all you can lead is yourself. And maybe your dog. I don't know. But if that's all you are to lead, that's fine. That is more than enough because we can't expect to lead anybody unless we can lead ourselves. Yeah. So whether you're a solopreneur out there or whether you're uh, working in a in a team within an organization, whether you're the CEO or whether you're the gardener, you can still be a leader. It's a state of being. And a little secret here. I, I, I think that leadership is actually like a corporate world 
for self-mastery. Don't tell anyone, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that the path of a leader is actually that path of professional and personal development that doesn't just evolve you, but those around you. I think that's a very important distinction to make. Yeah. I love that. And and I love the, the way you shared as well, because I, when I, you know, I just finished the communication uh, masterclass and I loved what people were sharing. I loved that actually leaders are getting that. Like everyone who, who is even not leading the company but or leading the teams, but there was, there was a lot of people that are leading the team, but everybody got it. They knew when I asked, you know, what is the actually communication? Where, where actually is that all starting? And, and all the leadership, it's actually really starting with how we think about ourselves, how we are being and how we are actually creating emotions based on those thinking and thoughts, you know, our stories. And it was such a beautiful uh, kind of, I don't know if I call, call it vibe or behavior in the room, but it was so nice to hear that people know there is more into that. It's not about Googling the stuff and realize that, yeah, this uh, body position or body body language is positive and this is negative. It's not about that. It's about understanding. And it is exactly that self-mastery and mastering or understanding others because when we start to understand our as a master, you know, our, I guess, our thinking, emotions, and behavior, when we, when we want to collect them, put it into three components that we teach people, it's just so important because you can help other people to understand that, yeah, you can change your story, you can change your thinking and emotional state. It's your responsibility. And you can actually be happy all the time. That is, yeah. it's, it's not even that. I, I, or look, I believe leadership is exactly what you said. It's actually the state of being or is being, it's, it's constant being. It's not that I'm a leader in the work and only when I come to work, I'm that leader that I want to be. And I come home or if I'm with a friend and I'm a different person. That's not about that. It's lifestyle. Yeah. Leadership is really decision you make. It's you, a yeah, you're right. It's, it's a decision you make. But it's it's a decision, and, and like let's let's just break it down for those who might be listening that uh, maybe going okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm maybe I'm a stay at home mum, and I want to you know embody my leadership qualities. You know because we've been taught that like in the corporate world that you know you're only a leader if you're a leader of a team or if you've yeah. got your leadership position and HR send you on a, like a little program to induct you and what it means to be a leader, and that's that's great. But there've been leaders in our on our planet for thousands of millions of years, right? So you have leaders in the team, within the team. They don't need to have position. Yeah. But essentially a leader needs to know a few things, right? So you need to know where you're going. Okay. Because if you're leading, you need to be clear about what you're leading towards. You don't have to have all the answers, by the way, but you need to be clear and make a choice about where you're going. Because without that clarity, others won't follow you. You're not really a leader unless others are willing to follow you. They don't have to follow you, but if they're willing to follow you, right, then that's when you're leading, okay? You start with yourself clearly, of course, you know, and whether it's you want to lead yourself out of a bad relationship, whether you want to lead yourself out of um, a, tox a toxic job or whatever that is, it's about going, this is my choice. These are the action steps I need to take and I'm going to take those, okay? But secondly, it's also about having that self-awareness and because you've got to take responsibility. It's about... Leaders are the first to go. They go first, and they're the finish. They finish last, you know. So they want to. They go first. They make sure that they lead the way. It's like I'm going to put my hand up. I'm going to volunteer for this role because I want to see it done right. But I'm going to stay behind, make sure that everyone finishes across 
crosses the finishing line and I'll go, I'll go behind. Now, it doesn't have to be that way. That's an ideal. But generally, leaders take that sort of responsibility and want to, want to make sure and show the empathy and care. So it's about clarity and decision-making and really prioritising those relationships with others. Yeah, yeah, I will add, it's about communication. Yeah, I will, yeah we, we talk about it today. It's, it's so important. I think when we, when we talk about awareness, right, it's, it's awareness where we are at. But also, what is, what is your style, how we communicate? And there's a lot of things that we do and we don't know how they influence others. We don't have any idea. And I think being in that position, maybe uh, that we never really think about that how our words, decision-making or our body language or or what we say, how we say it or facial expressions, actually how they influence other people. Maybe our, you know, style of humor, you know, like, uh, you know, sense of humor is different at, at every person, but how that is influencing others. We never really thought about that. And I think when we think about leaders, then maybe start there, even if you are, you know, friend or homestay mom, or you're just starting business, it is so important to start at, at that stage. Okay, how am I influencing people? Maybe that's my start point. Maybe I don't know about that yet. Maybe I don't have any idea how I'm in, how am I influencing people on daily basis? Because that's where leadership starts, because we are influencing other people all the time, nonstop. And yeah. we speak with our clients, we speak with customers, with family, with friends, with our team. We are influencing all the time people around us, and we don't learn about that. No. That is definitely probably starting point for, for me, like as a leader. Like this was something that really, really helped me so much to learn about how I influence people with my behavior. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, like uh, when you when you find that you're in a leadership position, there is a natural power dynamic. And I know we don't like to talk about having power over people, but just in the same way, when you go to see a doctor, a doctor is there to deliver to you, you're there to receive. And so leaders are in that sort of, that outpouring because they're leading the way. And so there is that natural shift in dynamic. So you're right, we do naturally influence people and it's more impactful because it's it's delivered with more impact because yeah. people are open to receiving what we're there to deliver. So there needs to be some accountability and responsibility there. And that's not about whipping people into shape or anything, but it's about being ethical in the yeah. way that we actually behave and the um, way that we actually communicate. Can you feel the power of leadership, like the power of responsibility we all have? It, this is just so massive because there's another thing when you mentioned that, uh, that we are influencing people now when we have even team of two or if we have friends or you know i don't know we, we go to school we are influencing people and we don't realize that we are changing and having impact on not only on them but we influence them that much that they change the impact on other people that means if we can positively influence someone we can basically influence other 100 people 100 or 200 people because we will actually influence positively one person but that one person has you know circle of people or that one person has community and Absolutely. i think that's where we kind of really stop thinking about these things and and naturally we are influencing communities we are influencing people around those people and that's why i think we have such a responsibility all of us all of us we, we don't need to lead a team but all of us on the planet well, that's why conscious leadership is really a concept that doesn't necessarily have to exist within a corporation or an organization. It literally can be, you know, I could be a stay-at-home dad and sometimes I am. I've got my own kids and sometimes I have to run around and take them to T-ball and school community and this, that, and the yeah. other. And, you know, and here's the thing, 
Sometimes I'll be a leader in those environments and other times I'll be a follower. So it's also having that consciousness to realize where is the dynamic? You know, where am I? Am I, am I here to receive or am I here to step up and give? Or do they need someone to step up here? Or do we more of us need to sort of step back? If I go to the school, I, I want to be, I want to be a leader to my child, but I'm there to be a follower yeah. to the teacher. At the same time, I'll question the teacher and we'll have conversations. But it's about having that understanding. And it's really about that, uh, having that awareness to know how to relate consciously. Uh, and once you can master that skill, leadership becomes easy. It becomes a sense you develop very loyal, very loyal uh, uh, you know, team members. People want to give their best. You become very profound in the way that you create impact because it becomes exponential, you know, yeah. and and one, I was going to talk about this and one of the ways that we can actually do this as leaders is to focus on like the um, the idea of leaving an impression of increase wherever we go. And that's actually about revealing the qualities that we love about people. And I don't mean this in a cheesy kind of like uh, way that's artificial. I mean, yeah. like genuinely like reaching in and showing somebody what you very much value about their 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 state of being, their essence, and how that actually creates a vibration. You know, that becomes elevated. And when you start acting in this way in a very conscious way, when you realize that this is the mode that you're working, it becomes very graceful. You know, yeah. and when we think about the word grace, what's grace? Grace is almost like an elevated evolution of a state of being where things are very subtle and very smooth and gentle, but they have deep uh enduring impact you know um and so i love working with people who are tuning into this idea of conscious leadership i think it's an amazing thing uh for the 21st century and beyond yeah i absolutely agree and i like when you when you talk about this from perspective of of a sense or you know the words that you use sometimes they are really foreign to organizations or corporates corporate corporations and and i think from that perspective is in simple words to really understand the behaviors and attitudes and start to really talk about those and having open conversations all the time about behaviors, about, you know, for example, about the line below the line, like what is actually acceptable, what is actually great behavior and attitude and thinking and collective thinking that is actually moving our organization forward and moving us towards the goals and what is not. That means when we start to really identify where we are at and what is what is great for our goals and what is not, we can have all the time these discussions in different level on on the different level. It is you know coming to that point that we can talk about cognitive or thinking level. We can talk about emotional and behavioral level because we can now measure it at least with understanding what is about the line below the line, what is what is pausing us, stopping us, and what is actually moving us forward. I think all just that, just that concept, can be already bringing measurements into organizations because as leaders it's great we can you know understand where we are at where we're moving but it's so hard for leaders to to translate it into team and make them understand and i think that's where we can really step into small frameworks and uh small uh, like we have frameworks for measuring behaviors we have frameworks for understanding and identifying those behaviors and and really having that conversation with the team it will help so much because those conversations are not very common and it wasn't education anywhere. Emotional intelligence or emotional fitness wasn't really education in organization a lot. No. It all happens uh, last three years a lot. You know, psychological safety didn't really exist in that you know, space. 
the way how it exists now. You know, it's it's all about helping people to feel safe, feel heard and seen and understood. But how, when we don't know how, we, we, nobody told us how, when we, you know, started a leadership position, nobody told us that we need to focus on people. And everybody told us we need to be friends and we need to create relationships. But, but it's not about being friends with everyone. It's about respect, trust. It's about having these common grounds, you know, with your team and create collective thinking that is actually very similar. Where, you know, it's it's moving us towards one thing or towards a few goals, but it's moving us same direction. And I think that's where we are. We are so far away from that, but we are slowly getting, I can see when leaders start to talk about that and start to talk about thinking and everything starts with thoughts and emotions. And I was like, yes, we are there. We are, we are moving, we are moving and we are closer. That means more and more leaders really understand that. And yeah. what that what actually do, does or what that do for them is really moving them forward and having this high performing culture and innovations and and it's really moving them forward as a team what is really really exciting i think that's just such a massive topic we can go into all directions i know we are kind of like going everywhere no, but... no, no, I, th I think to, so to sort of sum it up though it's it's really about making that decision yeah. that you're yeah. going to actually take leadership as it is a responsibility you know making decisions as a leader is is a very important uh, skill but essentially, choosing to be a better leader means choosing to be willing to go first in bringing out the best in your people, you know. And yes, it's not necessarily about being friends, but you might, you, you're in a position to reveal the qualities, higher qualities, and maybe at times the lower qualities, the qualities that are below the line, right? And just revealing those, but in a way that's very, very conscious uh, and obviously, this is something that we work with. Alex and I do teach a lot of these things. So if you're wondering, like, how the hell do I even learn these sort of things? It's okay, you know, and it's not just us. I'm sure there are other people in the world that do this. But learning how to actually consciously articulate your thoughts into a current of energy, because like, let's face it, the way you feel is infectious. If you've ever been in a room with people who are all in a very sullen mood, you can feel it. It's palpable. Right. If you're around people who are really excited, you can't help but get excited. Oh, you I'm, catch it. Yeah, you catch it. <laughs> I'm not into horse. I'm not yeah. into horse racing at all. But every time the Melbourne Cup comes on, I'm yelling at the TV. Like, how does that happen? Right. So, yeah. like, emotions are sticky, and they 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 penetrate us, and we feel yeah. them. We have we're like magnets for them. So it's about becoming aware of how my thoughts are articulating my emotions, and because people are receptive, because you might be in a leadership position then being responsible for that emotional output. And I was actually in a meeting earlier today, Alex, and I was explaining to the gentleman, and this is a guy who is the uh, CEO of a company that I think is turning over about 25 million a year, uh, I think he mentioned. And he was asking me, you know, he came out of really like sicky situation, a divorce and all that. And I just wanted to reveal some awareness to him that he's probably not processed a lot of the emotions that are going on with that and I wanted to show him how, if he's not careful, he'll bring that in with his team. And I won't go into the depths of the models that we use, but ultimately, when we bring our trauma into our team, that drama and trauma plays out within the team because they're receptive to it. And it's very important time to actually create psychological safety, to actually do the awareness work, to realize and to do the leadership training that it takes uh, to create a truly like self-organizing interdependent team that can actually perform. That's so uh, this is this is not just an isolated thing. This is we're hearing it all over the place. Yeah, I, I would like to add to that because 
what happens i think we so many times we we kind of forget that leaders are human beings and also when they going through trauma they don't need to feel or maybe just you know just a little bit of wisdom for for leaders we don't need to be the strongest person in the room all the time we don't need to be you know the the terminators and and i don't know whatever it was movies before we don't need we don't need to have that all together but we need to be able to communicate it the right way and and i think so many times actually when we're going through hard time it really helps when we know how to communicate that uh with, with our team it's really good help actually because it's, it can move team together more closer because they realize that nobody really walking on a planet untouchable you know and, and with everything uh, together and and everything positive we all going through traumas we all going through some life stages and and we all have situation that is happening at home that's not disconnected from us and it was you know covid or crisis that we had last three years we know that a lot of leaders they try to hold it all together and they try to, be, to pretend they're fine but they haven't been fine and because they were suppressing so much they are even more not fine right now and and it's really playing big a role in mental health and Look, I don't want to apologize to anyone, you know, like we, we all have this, but it's really wrong that we don't know how to talk about that. And we don't know how to use it the way that I heal myself, but also I help my team maybe to open up more. That means all these, you know, hard times can actually really help you to to create a psychological safety oh, yeah. even yeah. even more. And I think that's that's when I feel like like a lot of leaders have really big and hard role, you know, because we were raised by by all these theories and philosophies you know leader is the one that has to have that together a leader is the one that needs to be stronger than needs to be the best and smartest and all that it, it's just it's not happening we now know that leadership is is actually totally different because leadership is about having the best people around you don't need to be the best you have the best people around and you can actually utilize their skills and you can create a safety and mental agility, high mental agility, that actually people can open up, innovate, and drive amazing results, you know, and amazing performance. It's just because you are able to facilitate that. But when you try to have all together all the time and pretend that you're okay when you're not okay, it's not really great facilitation because it will come up and people can feel it. And, you know, one day it will explode like a big, <laughs> big bomb. Yeah, well, either it'll explode and... But what happens is, you oh, know, it will be internal, of course. But you mo- you're modeling the vir- you're modeling virtues which don't really serve. So yeah. as a as a leader, we we are whatever we model, people are generally going to pick up. If you want to if you want to improve your team, the best thing you can do is improve yourself. Okay, that's just a freebie out there. Whatever you model, your team will pick up on. Maybe not directly that. straight away, yeah. but as long as it's consistent. So if you are opening up, oh, great. in I a safe that. way. Yeah. You're teaching others to open up. And when yeah. people open up and we realize that we're just human beings and it's actually okay to be a human. Don't yeah. get me wrong. There are drama llamas out there. There are people that will play the, the the victim card. But if we have that psychological safety, we can reach out and I can say, hey, Alex, look, I, I love you. And, or not, not, maybe if I'm in a corporate environment, I wouldn't say that, but I care about you, you know, a lot. You know, I do realize you're going through a tough time, but you've been going on about this for a while now. You know, do you think maybe you could sort of, you know, we could we could we could move through this together? I can help you, I can support you, but yeah. you know, 
we can actually call each other out. And that's moving more into that coaching style of leadership yeah. rather than, than, than that commanding style of leadership. So yeah. realizing we're a human, teaching people the virtues that we want to see by actually modeling them is a very important factor because it does, it pulls people together. But people aren't going to, as you say, because you were talking about innovation, if there's no psychological safety, there's what I yeah. call a trust, there's a trust gap. Yeah. And there's like a canyon. You're on one side of the canyon, they're on the other. They don't want to cross the canyon, right? Because they're feared. There's a fear they're going to fall in. Okay, so you're people, right. yeah. people hold back. They might have huge potential. You hired them for a reason or they're in the team for a reason. The people generally have more wisdom and genius inside of them than we will ever understand. Okay, but our job as leaders is to find out how do we release that? How do I release that genius? Okay, yeah. well, you do that through creating safety, through building trust, and you do that by modeling those virtues through yeah. your own vulnerability and through your own responsibility. Um, it sounded like I went on a bit of a crusade there, but I was just very <laughs> yeah, passionate about that topic. I love, yeah, I love what you said because it's, it's all about that uh, safety or psychological safety. When we have that, and it's really high, when we have the safety, mental agility, or whatever we want to call it, when we have that, you know, trust between the team, we can really achieve a lot and performance is very high. That means from perspective of simplifying that, yes, you know, having that openness, vulnerability and being a human being, it's really helping to create more of that psychological safety because people know they can share and it's safe. Of course, when you don't model the virtue and maybe you scream at someone when someone open up, they will never open up and no one from the team will open up and we will have really high stress, stressful environment. That means it's not going to be very great. And yeah. there's a lot of things, you know, and, and the environment is very sensitive as well. It can change very fast, you know, when we actually don't model the virtues and, and we don't actually, or we say things the way they are not really serving, but it's that they are hurting people. We can really fast change that environment. And that's why I think another step forward to talk about relationship sorry uh, responsibility in leadership you know we have that responsibility and and it's so important to really apply that and and go to that positions with that feeling non-stop feeling of yes i have responsibility everything i do people people watch me people observing me people are there i'm influencing them that that is not changing you know that that is there we influence influencing people even even we don't want we do I mean, just to really have that understanding again and, and just uh, confirm again that, yes, we have big responsibility. That means it's good to know about this, how to do it the best way, how to create that psychological safety, how to create that, you know, great, trustful environment. I think, like, why that is not norm that we don't, we don't learn these things, you know? Like, when you're going to job and you learn all technical skills, everything, they are still missing skills and that soft skills, people skill, they're still not there. Like, I mean, in that amount of time and training and, and I don't know, minutes of the training or when you think about, you know, the length, long, uh, length of the training, they're still not there that much. They're just kind of like a side, like, ah, additional part. Here is the communication training. Oh. No, and my, my theory behind that is because uh, in the Western world, we are very much obsessed with, uh, the objective reality a task here yeah. task apis tangible yeah. results you know you know tangible results rather than the actual interpersonal skills you know and so it's we're seeing a shift in that we're seeing a, a, a you could say a reappropriation of like the polarities as far as like what they're valued yeah. at 
you know. Definitely, yeah, so I agree. We're it seeing is. younger generations who actually, you know, want to live lives full of meaning, you know, and, and like rather than just chasing the money, like there was a study done at Yale University uh, in the States and they, they, they worked out basically through this study that uh, if you, once you earn over 75,000 USD per year, right, of course you get a bit of a spike because you can buy a better holiday or upgrade yeah. your car and all that. But your level of happiness and, and like, you know, what life, the, meaning, yeah. the meaningful life that you live comes back to that baseline and 75,000 USD, maybe here in Australia, that's like 110, 120,000, right? Now that's that's a lot of money to some, but it's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, right? It's totally achievable, no matter where you are in your life, to change change yourself to way in a way that you can earn easily $120,000 $20, here in Australia. We're very lucky in that way. But the point is that more people are prioritizing a meaningful life than having millions, for example, where it's like, oh, I just want millions. It's like, well, why? Oh, because I think I'll have everything. And that goes back to what you said at the, at the yeah. beginning, it's like, well, if I have millions, all right, then I will, epic. <laughs> I'll, you know, it's, it's going for the having first yeah. rather than the being. Yeah. So we're seeing a, a shift in the meaning. And I think uh, there's a psychologist, uh, I think his name is Josh or John uh, Vervanaki. I hope maybe I've, I hope I haven't butchered that, but he does a lot of really good uh, YouTube videos on the meaning crisis. So if you're into sort of studying psychology, that's a really interesting uh, watch. It's not short, it's quite intense, but you probably get a lot out of it. Yeah. But um, just to kind of come around where we sort of started as well. We talked about, you know, where where has your 220, your, your 2022 gone? You know, how has it gone for you? Doing that self-assessment, that reflection. Hopefully some of the things that we've talked about has sort of brought to the surface maybe where you can look in yourself, where you've done either really, really well, or maybe there's been some challenges and there's more, potentially some room for improvement. You know, maybe you've gotten really good results but you might have noticed that, you know, your team, you know, there might be a bit of staff turnover or they're not as loyal or as enthusiastic as you once have known them for. So I'd love to see if there's some self-reflection there that you can bring into the new year. And um, really, it really just comes about making that choice, making that choice to consciously lead, making that choice to understand that leadership is a path of self-mastery, okay? And with any growth path, there are times when it actually feels like crap, it sucks. There are times you're going to fail. Like as a parent, I say to myself, every day I get up and I'm a parent, I'm actually going to fail. I know that at some point I'm going to fail today and make peace with that. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to keep putting that foot in front of the other. Wouldn't yeah. you agree, Alex? How do you, what do you, what's your take on that? No, I love it. I think uh, when I'm when I'm thinking just about how I'm moving forward, you know, in in life or with clients, is always the small step ahead. You know, something small, and not not really, not don't really creating attachments to everything needs to be perfect because we know perfectionism and all this idea of having everything together, it's just not healthy because that doesn't exist, and that's when we try to have control over everything, but we don't. Because only control we have yeah, about is our behavior and ourselves. That is really just, uh, that's probably my way of seeing that, like really understand that I have responsibility and I have control about, you know, my behavior and myself. That means whatever I achieve is, is my responsibility. And, and I like that when you say, you know, small steps and moving forward and really, really being aware of that, like what we have done, what we still didn't maybe didn't do or what we forget to do or maybe what we planned last year and we still didn't come to that you know just to really bring awesome. awareness 
like maybe we over plan maybe we, yeah i'm just saying like maybe because sometimes we put more things on ourselves that we can't can handle and after that it makes us feel guilty or we create a negative feeling around it but really understand how much we can achieve just be a little bit you know more realistic in the amount of time we can put into things I never say be realistic about your goals, be, be, think big, you know, dream big. That's always my approach. But also don't get don't get disappointed when that doesn't happen in 10 months or five months. But really work on that. Just work on that goal. Just move, move no, no, forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like one thing that you touched on, um, like a lot of leaders that I've worked with, usually very conscientious people and very creative people or very relatable people. The relatable types, they get off the hook. But the ones that are highly conscientious and highly creative are generally very optimistic and can be almost almost overextend what's actually achievable. Yeah. And one of the key complaints that I hear from a lot of leaders and those who are listening out there might agree or might, might not is, is they've learned, the, these I'm talking that the seasoned experienced leaders uh, have shared with me that one of the key things that they learn, and this is obviously from speaking to a few people, is generally not, not to expect too much from their team to understand that not everybody can achieve maybe what they believe it can be achieved. There's a reason maybe why you moved into a leadership position and it might be because you're highly intelligent, highly creative, very, very conscientious. It might be those things, but to understand that your team might not have that same disposition psychologically, but they're still obviously an integral and valuable part to the team. Yeah. Uh, but setting definitely setting inspirational goals is a wonderful way to sort of like really get uh, the energy of the team, like not just moving right, but unified. You know, yeah. everybody wants to win, right? We all want to win. Yeah. You know, we want to succeed and, and break new ground. Um, but understanding that even if we shoot for the stars and we get to the moon, we didn't we didn't exactly have a bad year, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I love that because you said a few things that resonates and that's basically what we try to go away from is the, having the attachment to the goal so strongly that actually make us feel disappointed when we don't achieve it. I think that's the, that's the major distinction from perspective to understand that goals are here for us to learn and go forward or move forward. That means the goals are really just for, for inspiration. And of course, I'm not talking about KPIs and all that stuff. I'm talking more about like what we really want to be, how we want to be as a team, how we want to you know uh, collaborate. It's more about that inspiring. And plus, of course, we have KPIs. I'm not saying not, but we, we try to really show people how we can better to achieve KPIs, how we can better move forward with attitude, we, with unite, you, 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 unity, unite, I don't know how we say that. You know, like being together, how we say that. I don't know in English. Anyway, basically <laughs> how we can get there together, you know, and, and be really aligned with values, with beliefs and, and having those great times, you know, why, while we are achieving the goals, because the journey is important not just hit the goal and after that be celebrating for two weeks or one week and after that just you know get back to normal life it's it's not the point the point is the journey absolutely uh, yeah absolutely. that is yeah I, I definitely like like look this this conversation can go can go can go probably to you know so many areas of leadership but when we stick with that what we started on and we said you know just try to really have that inspiring goal what do you think is the one thing that that holds people back? You know, like it's it's going to be January soon. Like what people should do, what do you think from your perspective? Look, I think honestly, um, number one, it's be 
There's, well, there's a couple of things, but the first thing is be willing to grow. Be willing to actually understand that you have a set program and, and the way that you think is probably quite habitual. Now, we call that the paradigm, okay? That's your habitual way of thinking of what you expect, you know? And so if, if for you, you always play it small and you set goals of things, maybe, you know, we've got A-type, B-type and C-type goals and A-type are goals that basically uh, you've already achieved before. So if you've already say, for example, I want to make, you know, 350K uh, through new clients in the first quarter and we've already done that, well, that's not really an inspiring goal because we've already done that. B-type goal is a goal that you know how to achieve. Like I have a, I have a Pajero, I drive a Pajero, but if I'm like, well, my goal is to buy a Pajero, I'm like, well, I've already done that. I know, I know how to do that. You know, I have a strategy for how I can save the money. It's obvious, right? That doesn't inspire me. But a C-type goal is a goal that stretches me. Okay, it's a goal that is inspirational. And for those of you who aren't aware, uh, to, if you want to get into flow, and, and, and those who don't even know, flow is that concept where, you know, time almost slips away or it's concentrated, but it's almost like you're not even thinking, you're just being in that moment. And things are almost organized in a very graceful sense, much higher order state of thinking. And flow really is what we want to engage into. But if you want to create flow, you actually need to push yourself at least five to 10% out of your comfort level. All right. It has to be that way. Yeah. So when you set goals, there are at least five to 10% out of your conceivable reach. That is what's going to push you into flow and inspire your team to come with you. So that's the first thing is like understanding that, you know, expand your way of thinking. Now, a lot of the time people can do this on their own, but a lot of the time they actually need some support. Uh, a selfish, selfish plug for Alex and I, that's the kind of work that we actually do with people is we work with them over a period of time to upgrade the way that they're thinking, especially in that leadership capacity. But you want to take that way of thinking and actually formulate a strategy that you can then communicate to your team, all right, as a set of instructions so that with absolute clarity, you have your objective, you have the key results, then you have the, the tactical steps and the KPIs that you need to hit and what order and who's responsible for them. And you need to communicate this regularly. So when we communicate and, and talk about communication leadership, it's not just a once-off. We don't just talk about our values once a year. No, this needs to be something that's part of our conversation. We create a culture around our strategy. We create a culture around our values and our purpose and, and our vision. So really having a mechanism for that uh, and really making sure that there's awareness brought about that. And yes, I, I'm saying accountability, but I mean it in the most beautiful sense. You know, people do perform better when they know there's some accountability. This is not about whipping people for not doing what they've done right or wrong. This is about just helping other people take responsibility. And this is you building them into leaders, having a team of leaders rather than a team of um, just workers, for example, who want a set of instructions, you know, and there are many, many different ways about doing that. But so to summarize, expand your way of thinking and set big inspirational goals and to take that goal and to set it into a, a quarterly strategy. Annual is too big. It's too big. But a quarterly strategy that's clear, concise and transparent and communicated on, often, on a regular basis. Yeah. That's what's going to move the needle. That's what's going to make your 2023 your best year yet.
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing that, Daniela. I think that's that's a great reminder of having that time of the year that we we need to not only check where we are at, but also where we want to go. That means I will probably just add on that to having a planning system is very important, but planning system that works for you because a lot of people try, you know, different business planning, personal growth planning, and they always fail because it just doesn't work for them. That means you can access a few or a few different uh, PDFs. We can give you some ideas how to do the planning, how to evaluate, you know, time wasters, distractions, how to move towards the goals or a little bit of uh, the key objectives and what Daniel will talk about. And, and really start to move forward. That means if you need any support, reach out. We are always happy to be here and talk to you about it. I think, you know, just having a free conversation, having a free chat, and, and it's going to just help you to maybe, you know, find out what is actually best for you or how you want to start to think about your goals and your being and how to move that or bring it into your team environment. Because I believe that's the hardest thing because sometimes we can manage ourselves. We know how to do it, but we are not sure how to, sell the idea to our team maybe just simplify that you know yeah. how to sell the idea how to sell that this is great what i do try it you know and and really just start to inspire them to try new things as well and if you if you would like to ask questions about this topic please just uh, also send us comments or emails yeah and I probably yeah if you if you are interested into any pdfs or any ideas systems please just let us know and uh, we will be always happy to serve and help you Guys, if you want to check some free resources and uh, the goal setting session, everything will be in the podcast description. That means you can choose, you can have a look, just go in a, in a mini courses or download PDFs and enjoy all free stuff for your Christmas. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. I appreciate your time and uh, everything that you bring to the mentoring effect and also the uh, the people that we get to work with. So thank you so much.